It's time for Taking Care of Business on Midlands 103. With thanks to the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmeath. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business. Midlands 103. Hello and a very good evening to you all. It's Tuesday the 25th of April. I'm Ronan Berry. This is Midlands 103 and you're very welcome to Taking Care of Business. And as the... As the ad said, let's talk some business because, as always, some great stuff happening around the Midlands. Later on, I'll be joined by Paul Kenny from the Retirement Planning Council of Ireland. They carried out a survey recently and it indicated over half of people over the age of 50 plan to continue working beyond the traditional retirement age. Also, you'll hear from My Name is Ted. They're celebrating the opening of a new global headquarters in Mullingar and a brand new showroom will also open in the town this weekend. I'll be joined later by Cassia Gaborek McAvoy, one of the co-founders of the company. They're Ireland's fastest growing luxury brand. So a story that is worth keeping an eye out on and uh, want to follow up on later on. Also, I'll be joined by Minister Dara Cleary ahead of a Building Better Business event that's taking place in the Midlands Park Hotel this coming Thursday. And um, I put some questions to Minister to Minister too around supports for businesses and indeed Given the exchequer surplus that's been recorded and and to be expected over the coming years and the strength of the FDI and the multinationals of this company, can some of that money be diverted to the businesses that need it most, the indigenous businesses around the Midlands, our hotel sector, leisure sector, um, hospitality sector at large? Can we really safeguard those businesses in that sector as we go forward? So all that to come on Taking Care of Business. You can join the conversation here on 083 103 by text or WhatsApp. Or you can get me business at midlands103.com by email. But first, I want to go across to Mullingar and to a man who is one of the co-owners of Lakeland Kayaks there and also the Skipjack brand. And he's an energetic guy, but he has teamed up with another famous Mullingar man. And they're going to kayak the length of the River Shannon. Who could it be but the one and only Mr. Ray Carroll? And a very good evening, Ray. Hi, Ronan. How are things? I'm not too bad at all. I'm feeling kind of lazy now and unenergetic. Uh, tell us about this adventure you're, you're uh, undertaking and also who your uh, collaborator-in-chief is on it. Yes. So, look, we are going to be doing a kayak, a long kayak adventure and challenge the length of the Shannon. We'll be starting in Dower in County Cavan and we'll be going all the way right down to, to Limerick City. And this will happen over six days or so. And the uh, the other, the other crazy guy that's, that's coming along with this, and plus there's other participants, but Niall Breslin, you'd know him as Brezzy, of course. So um, Brezzy, you see, obviously, he's, he's done many challenges in the past. And, and how this idea came up, really, Rona, was that I reached out to Brezzy and see what his plans were for Lust for Life and see, seeing what kind of challenges he planned, because I reckoned there was something we could do with the kayaks. Now, we tied around with a few ideas, but we settled on the Shannon. And look, Brezzy's the kind of guy that'll take a challenge head on. And... Um, the, the, what we what we kind of decided upon this would be we use we bring guys that pretty much have very little experience in kayaking, and bring them along, get them fit, get them molded to to do this challenge, and that's why it's interesting and that's why it is a real challenge because sitting in a kayak for that length of time, six to ten hours a day, seven days in a row, is not an easy task for even established and seasoned kayakers. So. That's why it's a challenge. And we don't even know if everyone's going to complete it. And again, that's where the excitement comes in. Yeah, because you factor into that that you have to paddle to and, and navigate and, and actually guide yourself. It, it sounds physically exhausting anyway. How long is it, do you know? Yeah. It's in around the 350 kilometres mark. Wow. 
So if you take that at about the average pace you'd be doing in a kayak would be overall about five kilometers an hour. So you can you can figure out the hours in that. So there'd be some days there we'd be doing fifty kilometer stretches. Uh, look, there'll be a bit of pace in the river. It'll be flowing with us for the majority, but that can be deceiving as well because sometimes you come across strong winds into your face as well. So even when you have the tide, the, the flow with you, you can still have to work very hard. And then we can't forget about the air and water, water system, the, the Lock, 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 uh, Re, Lock, Al, Lock, Alan, Lock, Re, Lock, Derg. They're known by fishermen to be rough lakes, and we have to be very careful approaching them. And the water, when it's rough around those lakes, it'll take a lot longer to cross. So that's where we have to time everything and do long days. Will you pass because by Ardna Crush or through Ardna Crush on that journey? Is that we will indeed. Yeah, that yeah be, that, we will indeed. That will be exciting, I can imagine. That'd be excellent. We're really looking forward to that. And all those, all the weirs along the way and all, 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 we're on the locks, we're looking forward to them. Like, and look, there's organisation to be done there as well because we used to be ringing ahead and making arrangements with the lock keepers from, from, from a while away to, to, to make sure we can get through. And again out of respect to those guys, you have to try and get your timing right. So that's why the guys have to be fish. We have to be all up to pace to make certain places at certain times. Because obviously the main reason we're doing this is to raise funds for the Lust for Life charity, which is an excellent mental health charity here in Ireland. And they're doing amazing work with the youth of Ireland. By They, they got together a bunch of excellent people, um, professors, uh, psychologists, and they all came up with an excellent curriculum that they've rolled out in primary schools across Ireland for free. It's no charge to the schools. So it's in over a thousand schools uh, in Ireland at the minute. And the goal from Lust for Life is by the end of 2024 that they'll be in all national schools around Ireland. And the purpose of the curriculum really is to give kids and children the tools to just understand their emotions, understand what they're feeling, understand how to deal with pain and hurt and all these little things that you don't really recognise as a kid. And uh, it's all about early intervention and Look, the work they're doing is amazing. So we're, we're just so proud to be doing this for that, for that charity. And uh, that, the, 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 and again, the training is so important because we'll be having events along the way because we'll be stopping in, in three or four main towns like Carrick and Shannon, Athlone and Limerick. And we'll be doing events along the way there. So to, to optimise the fundraising potential in the event, we have, to re- we have to reach those targets and places on time. And that's where the training comes in to get us up to speed. Wow, and I have to say, like already, it, it's it. I've been following your 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 regular blogs on LinkedIn and social media, kind of around the training you're doing too. And even for someone like yourself, who's such an experienced kayaker, you can see the toll it's taken. Like it really is a a physical endurance challenge, if ever there was one. But that whole thing of sponsorship, you are actively, you know, you're open to some corporate sponsorship there too. If, <clears> if any business listening would like to get involved, how how can business support you? Yeah, absolutely. We are. We're putting it out there for local businesses and uh, near or far, of course, <clears throat> if they want to come on board and uh, obviously fund fund part of the, basically sponsors and, and put the money towards Lustre Life, of course. But you see, there's, there's really good exposure, potential brand exposure there from the from the seven-day event. We will be having uh, media coverage. Resi obviously has a huge reach on the social media. We'll be doing events along the way. There'll be loads of printed printed apparel, printed T-shirts. There'll be logos on kayaks and everything. So there's huge reach there. There'll be a lot of eyes in this event. Um, like alone, Resi on the social media has 200k plus followers, you know. So there's a good reach there straight off. So we're just putting out there, if any of the local companies would like to get on board and come on board as a sponsor, we've multiple tiers 
of sponsorship. We've obviously high high end main sponsor levels, and we've second and third tiers. <clears throat> so what we we suggest there is they just hit us with an email if they're interested at info at lakelandkayaks.ie, and we can email them the tiered the tiered sponsorship system and and basically the options that they can come on board with. Could be a good opportunity as well with so many so many eyes on this now in, uh, in July. I must say the date actually. It's it, we're planning the 30th of June to the 6th of July, so it's a six to seven day event. We'll be passing, we're starting in Dower, passing through Carrick, Lanesborough, Athlone, Banagher, Port Tumna, Killaloo, and Limerick, and that'll be the there be events along the way in those towns. <clears throat> Three hundred and fifty kilometers of kayak, and uh, never mind you said the changing waters and and aggressive lakes and all that kind of stuff. Um, look, it's a fantastic idea, fantastic initiative as well. A great charity, and undoubtedly two great leaders behind it. Ray, we look forward to kind of keeping up to date with your with your journey, with the training as well, and all the very best. And look, and we might talk to you again before you actually set yeah. off and that. So listen, Ray, to yourself and Brezzy, all the very best. And to anyone listening out there that would like to get involved, Ray's just told you how to do it. But anyway, all the best with that in July. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Ronan. Ray Carlin there, the, one of the founder of Lakeland Kayaks and Skipjack in Mullingar. 350 kilometres down the Shannon. Wow. Some amount of training. But so you can follow Ray on social media there, particularly the Lakeland Kayaks handle or his own social media handles and uh, just kind of get a sense of the amount of training that goes into that. Anyway, time for a break. After that, I'll be joined by Minister of State Dara Kaliri to talk about an upcoming event or an event that's coming on this coming Thursday, actually in Port Leash. It's called Building Better Business. I took the opportunity to put some questions to the Minister around supports for businesses that need it most. That's coming up just after this break. Taking care of business. With thanks to the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmead. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business. Still to come between now and 8pm, my name is Ted. They are Ireland's fastest growing luxury brand. They are based in Mullingar. They've just opened their global headquarters there. And a new showroom will be opening later this weekend. Co-founder Cassia Gaborek McAvoy will be along a little bit later to tell you all you need to know about that. And give us an update on the great achievements that they have had over the past year or two since they last made an appearance on Taking Care of Business. I'll be joined also in about 10 or 15 minutes time by Paul Kenny from the Retirement Planning Council of Ireland. They had a recent survey carried out and it indicates that over half of people over the age of 50 plan to continue working beyond the typical retirement age of 65, 66 or whatever it is at this point anyway. It's hard to know at this day and age. Um, it Sometimes it goes up and seems to come down again. But anyway, the key thing is lots of people intend to continue working and uh, their survey has shown up a number of reasons why and some of them may not be you know, completely obvious to begin with, but uh, looking forward to hearing more about their work a little bit later on the show too. But before that, a Building Better Business Conference is taking place this Thursday in the Midlands Park Hotel, Port Leash. That's the 27th of April from 8.30am until 1.30pm. It is free to attend and has been organised by the Department of Enterprise, Trade and Employment to help businesses navigate their green journey, boost their business performance through digital transformation. And it's open to businesses in counties Leash, Offaly, Westmead and Longford. I spoke to Minister of State for Trade Promotion, Digital and Company Regulation, Dara Kaliri TD, recently about the event. But I began by asking him what his department have identified as being the biggest challenges to business at present. Well, Ronan, good to join you and thanks for having me on. Um, so, the, as, as you said, this is one of nine events that we're doing around the country. We started in Letterkenny there a few weeks ago. Um, we're in Port Leach now in the Midlands Park um, to bring a kind of a roadshow, initially looking at all the supports that are available because there's a range of supports available to business and 
what I often find in business people often tell me they're so busy uh, on their business literally the day to day challenge of keeping the business going that they don't have time to be looking at all these supports and they don't have time to stand back and say what's there available and this is trying to help you uh, to provide the information that businesses might need in terms of the challenges you know so there's short term challenges obviously energy is still a major challenge and we've put a lot of support in place for business to get through particularly over the last 12 months um, then there's the long term challenges um, you know, we published a white paper on enterprise in the department just at the end of last year, and we're finalising the first phase of the implementation of that of that white paper. We've looked at a number of themes, uh, Ronan, and for business, the key challenge is the transition to a low carbon economy and the change from current business practices. And I don't have to tell anybody in the Midlands about the challenge of that, but also the opportunities that are there for business. And we want to be there. We want to work with business to sustain them and get them through that, get them through the challenge and identify the opportunities. And then um, for my own uh, kind of portfolio the digital uh, opportunities that are available for business um, you know digital transformation can make business an awful lot easier for people in business um, there is a lot of fear amongst business uh, around it you know again it's to provide the information of the opportunities and to give support to the challenges so that's what uh, Thursday is about that's what the um, the event is about we will have people there from all our agencies all our enterprise uh, agencies your local agencies, your local enterprise offices across Leash, Longford, Offaly and Westmeath will be there uh, to sit down to give advice. Uh, and I'll be there along with Mr. Coveney, Mr. Neil Richmond uh, and other speakers uh, from the enterprise supports that are available to answer questions, to give an overview. And, you know, Ronan, what I want to hear is stories from the coalface, the challenges that are facing business and what we can do to assist businesses in those challenges. And their stories we're actually hearing on Midlands 103 here on a regular basis. Even last Saturday, Colm Wright from Elevate Entertainment and Atlone spoke about the two challenges he saw as major ones and energy was, of course, one. He was a bit concerned about the speed at which the prices went up and then the, the, the tardy nature of them coming back down again. And so when you mention like those, those short-term supports, things like the TBIS scheme, that the uptake maybe has been you know, a lot lower than probably would, be, would initially be expected. Are there any developments kind of on that scheme or any more supports that might be put in place for, for smaller businesses in particular? So Michael McGraw made a lot of changes to TBIS um, and they're, they're beginning to roll out. So the 10,000 monthly limit um, that was there has been increased to 15,000 uh, per month. Um, the 30,000 limit has also been increased to 45,000. The scheme is being extended out to the 31st of May uh, this year, Ronan, because it's exactly that point. The price rises rent up, but the price uh, decreases are not coming as quickly. And that's something that we would be absolutely concerned about. That's why, so we've extended it out to the end of May. Um, we've also made um, other changes and the time limit for you to put in your claim is actually the 31st of July. So, you know, we, we appreciate that bills come in late, people don't get their accounts uh, together in time. So we've made a lot of those changes. Um, we have to get state aid approval from the EU to do that, and that state aid approval has come. And Revenue.ie um, have all a, a very good questions and answers document uh, there to assist people. The other issue on TIBA's uh, Ronan that we're trying to just work through at the moment is 
for businesses that are dependent on kerosene or on LPG, they're currently not covered and we're uh, trying to work through a way that we can cover them uh, and a way that doesn't take too much time to apply and we're, we're hoping to have some detail from that over the course of the next few weeks. Of course, well, the, the rates on the, the, the price increase mightn't be as felt as acutely on the likes of LPG too. I suppose there's, a, there's other complications within that too, but look, it's good to hear that there's progress being made on it. Um, I suppose briefly, when it comes to the announcement was made this week or the predictions were made about a record budget surplus going into next year and that that's likely to continue. And recently on the show, I had the American Chamber saying that the confidence levels of American companies in Ireland is at an all-time high as well. So there's, you know, we're a great success story and by all indications, that's going to continue. Is there any focus or will a focus come on those smaller businesses? I'm talking real indigenous stuff like accommodation, tourism, hospitality, leisure. Are there any new measures or new supports that government or department are looking at in supporting those businesses that are going to be around forever, given that FDI can come and can go? Well, look, FDI um, is really important, but I'm all about the local guy, the, what we call the locally traded sector, which will cover uh, all of the businesses you just mentioned, hospitality, where we've invested significantly in the temporary reduction in VAT. We've also invested significantly, um, and I know uh, in, in the Midlands, uh, re, uh, in the Midlands marketing plan, uh, the Midlands, the Heartlands, trying to get the Midlands out there, similar to what we've done in the Wild Atlantic Way. Um, we're retail and we also want to support locally those smaller businesses along the digital journey because the digital transformation piece Ronan can make the job of being in business an awful lot easier so if you're a tradesperson you know anyone that trades in terms of quoting in terms of doing their accounts there are apps and supports available for you to do that quicker um, and to make your life an awful lot easier Part of uh, next Thursday's event is to show you the supports that are available to do that, and we'll also be rolling out more supports. We're really lucky, and you are really lucky in the Midlands, that we have a fantastic regional enterprise plan uh, that's focused specifically on the strengths of enterprise in the Midlands, um, you know, headed up by Anne Cusack, and uh, Sarah Morgan is the program manager. I met the steering committee just for Christmas in Longford, and I'm hoping to meet them again uh, later um, in May, just to check in on progress, to check in on their aims, and we're also going to be launching funding later this year, um, specifically focused on those regional enterprise plans. We'll be encouraging uh, the Midlands Regional Enterprise Plan to look for funding for some major projects uh, to build on the success of the plan to date and also to get other uh, support. So there's a huge amount of support there. Um, It's just to get it to get the information that's there to people and to ensure that they know about it. That's what Thursday's about, Ronan. But if people can't make it, you know, engage with your local enterprise office. Uh, as I said, we have really, really strong ones right across the uh, counties there. Or go on to enterprise.gov.ie and we have all the supports as well. Perfect. Minister Dan- Dara Kaliri, thank you so much for your time this evening and uh, all the very best. And many people might see you in Port Leash on Thursday. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. And, um, you know, as I said, I just want to commend everybody because we take businesses for granted, Ronan. I, I often think, particularly the smaller businesses you mentioned, you know, they we're in the middle of the GA season. They're always the frontline for sponsorship for GA, for festivals, for sport, for, and they do it. And, you know, we, we don't, we just assume they'll always be there. But what we don't know is the effort that's going on behind us. You know, I often think the businesses community, small, large uh, and medium, they're a bit like a swan it all seems very calm on the top but underneath underneath the water there's a hell of a amount of hard work going on and I just want to compliment everybody in that space and also compliment you and your team uh, on the business programme it's a fantastic uh, 
um, asset for any business uh, to have to have their own local radio focused in business in the way that you are. Absolutely, no, I, I agree with you regarding the small business. We often only notice them when they're gone or they're due to close as well. And often, you know, that's sometimes it's too late. We need to kind of get involved and, and keep them keep them going and keep them vibrant. But Minister, thank you so much for your time, and we'll see you on Thursday morning. Lovely. Thanks, Ron. You've just been listening to Minister Derek Cleary there, the Minister of State at the Department of Enterprise, Trade and Employment. And he's got responsibility for trade promotion, digital and company regulation. And as you said, he will be in Port Leash on Thursday morning at the Building Better Business event. It's open. It's free to attend. It's open to business owners. And he said it there himself. He's, they are looking to hear the stories from the coalface of business. What is actually happening and what is real in your world? And we all know in a post-pandemic environment, it's very different for businesses. The outlook is vastly different, you know, between different sectors, between different types of businesses in each sector too. They are looking to hear from you and what your what your issues are and how they can go about putting some supports in place to support that. Um, so that's on Thursday morning in the Midlands Park Hotel. You do have to register for it. It's just go on to Eventbrite. But if you just Google Building Better Business Portly, she'll get all the details you need there and you can register for that. And uh, hopefully we might see you there on the morning. And before that, if there is a business out there that you would like to recommend, you all know some of the challenges businesses have been through. And if a business really deserves to be recognised for the work they do and the great service they give you or the great projects produce or the products that they supply, why not try and get them recognised for that? It's easy to do. It takes a couple of minutes at most. All you have to do is go to midlands103.com because as I'm sure you're aware, the nominations for the Midlands 103 Customer Service Awards 2023 are open. The awards have been brought to you in association with All Pro Recruitment and supported by Leash and Offaly County Councils. There are numerous categories. There's over 60 categories that you can nominate that person or that business that you most want. A sample of some of them, Architectural Engineering Firm of the Year, Best Alarm and Security Firm of the Year, Best Farming Contractor, Insurance Broker of the Year, Legal Firm of the Year, Optician of the Year, Florist of the Year, Green Project of the Year, Barber of the Year. As I say, midlands103.com. Click on the massive banner with the link Nominate Now for the Customer Service Awards 2023. Get that nomination in because if you're thinking it, somebody else probably is thinking the same about that person or that company, but that doesn't mean the other person is going to make the nomination. It's up to you to do that as well. So take a few minutes there this evening if you can. Midlands103.com and get your nominations in. One of the things to draw your attention to as well, then Brown's the Brown Group, um, owners of Brown's on the Green in Tyrrells Pass and Brown's the Venue and Brown's Bistro on Tullamore. They are going to showcase later this week as well their Cherry Room and Cocktail Lounge and showcase it as a venue for your business events as well. They can cater for corporate functions and include conferences and team building, whatever meetings, etc. that you might be having again. Midlands, great place for these regional meetings. They have all this visual and sound equipment on site that would be needed for such events too. So you can check them out as well. Brown's the Venue in Tullamore for up coming corporate events or team meetings or customer meetings, whatever it might be, worth checking out as well. Time now for another quick break here on Taking Care of Business. After that, are you over 50 and are you thinking about retirement? About, you know, yes, it's quite a while away maybe for you yet, but are you planning on retiring and uh, going off to the sunset or do you intend to stay in work? If you do, to what extent would you do or what would you like to work in? And are you one of a lot of people who, in response to a recent survey, said that they do intend to continue working after they they 
reached the mandatory retirement age as well. We're going to find out more about a survey that was carried out by the um, Retirement Planning Council of Ireland a little bit later. And then to end the show, I'll be talking to one of the co-founders of My Name is Ted in Mullingar. Um, They're opening a brand new showroom there this weekend. So lots to come here on Taking Care of Business. Taking Care of Business. With thanks to the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmeath. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business. The Retirement Planning Council of Ireland was established in 1974. It's a registered charity, a not-for-profit organisation. It's wholly independent of all financial institutions and has a voluntary board of directors. It works with organisations and individuals across the country, has done for over 45 years now, and they help people to manage the transition from work into retirement. They have a number of carefully curated programmes that are delivered by industry experts and provide guidance on the financial and lifestyle changes that come with retirement. They've recently had a survey carried out and it has some really, really interesting results. And it suggests that over half of you that are over 50 plan on continuing working beyond the mandatory retirement age. Well, to find out more about the survey and indeed about the Retirement Planning Council, I'm delighted to be joined by um, Paul Kenny. And Paul, um, I suppose, Paul, take us through, I suppose, this survey in the first instance, what brought you about to kind of go and survey people um, over 50 about their thoughts and feelings towards retirement? Well, we, we like to uh, just see how people are feeling because uh, we deliver a lot of courses around the country and we get lots and lots of different reactions from people. And of course, people are retiring for different reasons at different ages. Uh, so we like to uh, get a picture of how people are approaching retirement, how they feel about the upcoming retirement and how they feel about the beyond retirement phase uh, so that we can uh, counsel them, if you like, and help them to adapt to the transition that is retirement because we believe that retirement is not uh, jumping off the cliff one event but a transition that can be managed. And I think, and that, I think it traditionally it was it was seen that way. I know when I first entered the workforce back in the early noughties, I mean, if somebody was approaching 65, effectively, that was it. You were just gone and there was no there was no kind of air oh, grace, no fanfare about written off. That's let's be let's be yeah. honest about it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when I started intentions uh, a very, very long time ago now, we used to think about age 70 as the geriatric uh, geriatric ward. Absolutely. And that's why even looking at some of your surveys here, like, you know, surveying people over 50, it's a very, very young age anyway to begin with. But let's look at some of the findings from it. You found that over 55% of respondents, they do plan to continue working after they retire. Did the survey give you any indication as to the type of employment or whether it's full time or part time that they might be looking at? Well, yeah, um, we we did um, have a a look at that because um, we found that some people wanted to uh, work full time. But um, that was a very small minority of the people that we surveyed, really, um, because the vast majority of them, but over 90%, said that they would work on, but part-time. Um, and uh, it, it's easy to see how that can happen because, you know, with COVID and everything else and the lockdown and so on, people got used to a shorter working week. Uh, people got used to spending more time at home and uh, sharing space with other people. So the idea was, okay, this is not so bad. I can do this and I can avoid the five-day commute that I used to have to do 
Absolutely. And what's, um, quite, what's quite interesting about it as well was uh, 52% of people said they would like to change industry or the role they're currently doing, which is in contrast to 48% who stated they would continue to stay working in their current field. So that yeah, really is, is kind of suggesting people are looking for something maybe not quite as burdensome and heavy, but uh, somewhere where they can at least, you know, give, you, you know, impart those life skills that they've, they've built up. Well, yeah, I mean, the thing is that the life skills that people build up are different. Um, if you're in a, a, a people-facing uh, situation, you can adapt very easily to other pe- people-facing uh, positions. So we had, uh, for example, one uh, lady who was a nurse, and she was basically forced out. She said, look, I am not able physically for the demands of this job anymore. I can't hold people out of bed with cranes at my age and so on I'm going to give this up so I am going to spend the next seven years working at Marks and Spencers and if you go to Marks and Spencers you will find a lot of people in that age group working there that's really interesting you get you taking taking those skills those transferable skills that we hear so much talk about you know across recruitment and and uh, you know pretty looking for new staff as well Um, when you looked at the reasons then you also surveyed people as to the reasons that they would continue working you've kind of touched on some of them I suppose remaining active and engaged as well maintaining connections and avoiding you know that that loss of daily structure but given the times we're now in as well the the rising cost of living also featured then in some of the respondents answers that does certainly uh, feature because a lot of people um, certainly have uh, encountered the rising cost of living and maybe six pensions and so on. Uh, but also, a lot of people over the years have lost money out of their pension pots because of the um, you know chaotic investment situations that have arisen uh, in the aftermath of the of the, the crash in 2028. Um, sorry, 28-29. And uh, a lot of people had a smaller pension pot than they maybe thought they would have uh, when they came to actual retirement. So uh, the necessity to work on has been there for some people. Um, And uh, I suppose uh, other people have felt that maybe the state pension that they were going to get wasn't as much as they thought it would be because of gaps in their contribution record or whatever. So a lot of people have stepped back and said, well, look, What's the financial situation here? Maybe I can augment this by working on in some capacity in retirement. And of course, we we'd like to you'd like to be sure too that from say a tax perspective as well that it's actually you know there's incentive there for people to continue working if they do wish and that it's not going to penalise them as well. I suppose one thing about retirement and I kind of touched on this at the very start, it's actually quite difficult to know what the actual retirement age is. And I, I think that term is is probably something that will disappear out of our out of our vocabulary soon well, enough. Well, yeah, I mean a lot of people don't realise that the reason why people retire typically at 65 is down to Bismarck. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, back in the 1880s, he reintroduced old age pensions in Germany, and he's reputed to have asked his advisors what was the average age of death in Germany, and they said 65. So uh, on that basis, Bismarck reckoned that he uh, wouldn't be paying pensions to more than half the population on average, <laughs> which which was a, a good calculation on his part. But you see, when old age pension was reduced in Ireland in the uh, in 1908 in the United Kingdom as a whole, um, the age of payment was 70, and it remained. And most people don't realise this. It remained until 70, right up until the lean cost rate governors of the um, 
early 1970s, uh, Frank Trusky reduced the pension age to 68 to 67 to 66. And eventually they brought in this retirement pension at 65, which has now been discontinued. And um, so the, the culture of retiring at 65 was there. It was embedded. But there are loads of people who have to retire earlier than that. The uniform services, prison officers, um, you know, Gardaí, um, uh, firefighters retire earlier. If you're driving a tanker around, uh, of gas around the place, um, you're told that age 60 is your lot. So lots of people retire for lots of lots of different reasons. They retire at different ages. So uh, people who have to retire early for whatever reason are looking around for something else to do because they're still productive. They're still active. They're still able to go and do stuff. That's, I mean, the absolute wealth of experience that's there, even just to have somebody on board with a company for one, two, three days a week, is the, the potential in it is massive. I mean, but 63% of those surveyed, they've, they stated that actually they have a mandatory retirement age built into their employment contract. And that, again, is an area that... It, it can be a little bit of a grey area for a lot of people, no pun intended, like, but um, it's it's in terms of, you know, do I have to go at that age or, or how do I go about yeah, maybe looking at it? So yeah. from, from your perspective... Just, at just, the re- just this afternoon, yeah. I was talking to a lady who is employed by a semi-state body and she has a mandatory retirement age and she will be retiring this Friday. But she's coming back, employed by an agency. Yeah, and I'd say that's common and enough And she's too, going to yeah. do the same job that she was doing but they can't employ her because of the policy that the company has. They can't employ her directly, but they will be paying an agency to bring that lady back to do the same job that she's doing right now, which is crazy. Yeah. And then, you know, if, if she got to 66 um, and was still employed, she wouldn't be paying PRSI. And they wouldn't be paying PRSI. So yeah. the attractive um, idea of uh, a person over 66 working for a company is that they would save 11% plus in PRSI contributions by employing an older person. There you go. Again, the, and the, as I said, factor that in with that wealth of experience as well. Paul, if we were to sum up very briefly, anybody that's in the over 50s category that knows there is a date maybe in their employment contract or an age that is retirement age, when should they start planning and what kind of advice would you give them now? I would say start planning five to 10 years out from the mandatory age of retirement. Suss out the possibilities. Have a look at what you want to do. Uh, If you want a life of leisure and combined with work, then let's uh, have a look at the leisure possibilities as well as the work possibilities. Um, uh, Have a look at the way your um, retirement fund is invested have a look at the way that it, you might want to take it at retirement. If you're in an employer-sponsored uh, pension scheme, have a look at whether uh, additional voluntary contributions are a good idea because they're totally tax-relieved um, and uh, it, it might be possible to build up a bigger fund for your retirement. So, you know, I would say 10 years out, but actually, you know, many years ago, I was approached by a young lady who just qualified as a sister and she said to me, um, I want to start a pension scheme. Can you advise me? And I said, how old are you? And she said, 22. And I said, absolutely brilliant. <laughs> so my advice to people is, when you start planning for retirement, is the first day you start work. 
Yeah, it's a bit like the old adage around planting a tree. The best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is now. I think the very same applies to, to pensions. Paul, listen, Absolutely. It's, it's been a pleasure talking to you this evening. A very interesting survey too. And uh, listen, all the very best. And hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. Good to talk to you, Thank you. Paul Kenny, there's the Programme Leader at Retirement Planning Council of Ireland. You can look them up there. There's loads of resources available online and the, the full details of that survey that was carried out of exclusively with people over the age of 50 around their views about retirement. You know, do they see retirement age as a date they will finish work? If not, what do, it, what do they do? What do they intend to do afterwards? Time now for another short break. After that, I'll be back with Cassia Gaborek McAvoy, one of the co-founders of My Name is Ted and Mullingar. As always, some great news and great stories coming from that company. Taking care of business. With thanks to the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmead. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business. My name is Ted, is a Mullingar-based creator of luxury leather goods, exporting products right across the globe. It's Ireland's fastest-growing luxury brand. It all began with the discovery of a diary belonging to the late Ted Carberry, a saddler from Mount Melick, but also grandfather to Brendan McAvoy, the other founding director of um, My Name is Ted, and actually husband of Cassia Gaborek McAvoy. It really is a fascinating story. Brendan was on with me back in July 2021, and he set the backdrop to how it all came about as well. So undoubtedly, there's been a huge amount of development in the almost two years since. But uh, Kasia joins me now. Very good evening, Kasia. Uh, My Name is Ted is a local success story that I love following and keeping a, a close track on on social media. How have the past uh, two years been for you? Good evening, Roman. Thank you for having me. Well, uh, we've been busy here. Um, we've been growing uh, exponentially. We are growing at, at the rate of 60% year on year. Uh, last year was the biggest year so far uh, because we've launched in America. Uh, we've actually launched in, in New York. And ever since we've been growing, we've been actually uh, very lucky that our um Signature collection, doorback collection has fans and pan orders all over the world. And uh, especially in America, they absolutely love our designs. They love Irish heritage and links uh, uh, to such an uh, inspiring story of that. So we've been very, very busy. Um, we are also um, have a, a retail partners in Singapore and we are looking at um UK and Dubai. So we've been working really hard. We've grown also our team. There is a team of four now and we all actually work in here in Mullingar. Oh, and you really are kind of bringing things right back home now. This weekend you're going to open a showroom in the middle of Mullingar to a very exciting times for, for both ye and I guess for the for the local businesses too. Yeah, no, absolutely. We are proud to be here uh, in Mullingar and we always wanted to sail off. So we, we, we've had the opportunity to move business to Dublin, but we, because myself and Brendan, we are from here, we wanted to stay here uh, and create obviously new jobs in here. And uh, this weekend, um, on Friday and Saturday, we are opening our showroom to, to the public for the first time. So we've set it up uh, in our operation office um, we call it headquarters um, here in Mullingar, in the Mullingar Business Park. Um, and through the years, we've um, we've had a cohort of samples, prototypes, and production trial products. Uh, so we um, we invite everyone to come to uh, to our shop to to buy those uh, one-off pieces at a sample price. Um, because as a responsible brand, we will never consider destroying these products, uh, which um, we all have been made by the highest 
highest um, uh, by hand and uh, with the highest uh, quality letters. So we are also going to have some uh, samples from our uh, doorback collection uh, uh, that we are famous from. Um, there will be some display models, and uh, we would love to um, get them out into the people's hands and wear them. And that's taking place this Friday and Saturday, 28th and 29th of April from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. It really is a unique, it's, it's going to be a one-off sale effectively. It is going to be one of sales because once of like we got we actually literally have like one or two pieces in each side, um, so uh, it's going to be as one comes first basis. So uh, uh, we really really advise to come very early because we've got a very big interest in it. We also taking if someone can actually make it to our showroom, we are also uh, uh, taking a virtual appointment that you can book. Um, uh, uh, online with us. So if you are not be able to come this uh, Friday or Saturday, so please do book a, a virtual appointment with uh, one of our teams that they can actually help you to, um, if you have any questions, they can help you answer, answer um, uh, all your queries. Yeah, the growth you've mentioned is absolutely phenomenal. Um, what's, what's next in the pipeline? I mean, where do you see things going in the next year or two for My Name is Ted? Well, uh, we have a very exciting month ahead. So one of the reasons why we are clearing our shows in here is that we are going to have a lot of new products coming out uh, this year, including a new phone pouch that we're really excited about it, and uh, small accessories as well as the new bags. Um, and that's going to actually uh, expand our um, uh, adorable collection into uh, 12 pieces. So out of, uh, out of three which we have are currently on sale. Uh, we will be also launching our new website, um, and we're hoping that's going to happen within the next two weeks. Uh, our new website will have a, a personalization option that you can actually uh, personalize a strap of the handbag. So you can put your initials into the strap. Uh, so we are very excited about that, and um, we also will be uh, continuously scaling our business into, into different markets across the globe. Wow, it's absolutely incredible too. I mean, to become Ireland's leading and uh, number one or fastest growing luxury brand is a huge achievement. And again, like you said, keeping it all local, keeping it in the Mullingar. And uh, look, at it certainly sounds like things are going to continue to grow. But for now, Cassia, thank you so much for taking time out this evening. All the very best with the opening of the show mid weekend. And I look forward to hearing more about My Name is Ted in the coming years and months. Thank you, Ronan. Thank you for having us. And if you want to check out some of those products that Cassia is talking about there, my name is Ted.ie is the name of the website. And it's amazing. Continuing on the legacy of the late Ted Carberry, a saddler from Mount Melick and a fascinating backstory. And the way that Brendan and Cassia have turned that into a business is, is, is a credit to them. And it's becoming a globally known brand as well. Anyway, that's it for this evening on Taking Care of Business. Thank you as always for joining in and for your texts and comments. Um, I look forward to joining you again next week from 7pm. Lots more happening around the Midlands, of course, and I'll bring you all the latest business news stories. Have a good weekend. Enjoy whatever sunshine is out there, and I'll talk to you all next week. Joe Cooney is here after News at 8 with Country Roads. Taking Care of Business returns next Tuesday at 7pm with the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmeath. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business.